everyone and welcome to another edition of the Totus Tours Show. I'm Father Marius and this is Kathy, and we're delighted to have your company for this episode of the Totus Tours Show. You know, we're very excited about this show because we're going to present in this show someone to you who we feel will certainly be a saint at some stage and please God soon, Father Willie Doyle. He's someone who has inspired so many people here in Ireland and further afield. A man who was only a priest for 10 years and in the years after his death in World War I, there was something like 6,000 people who claimed that through his intercession they had received cures and many, many miraculous favors. Saints such as Mother Teresa was deeply influenced and inspired by Father Willie Doyle and Saint Jose Maria Escriva as well. So, Cathy, tell us a little bit about the, the early life of Father Willie. Okay, yeah, Father Willie was born in Docky, which is the north side of Dublin. Mm -hmm. He had a comfortable home. His father had a good job. There were seven children. Um, four of them, including Father Willie, entered religion. Very devout home. Now, the timing, he would have been born in 1873. And then, you know, we see in Dublin there would be poorer parts, there would be kind of middle-class parts, there would be the wealthy suburbs. It wasn't so much like that in Dublin. You could have neighbors, they had a nice, comfortable house, but you could have neighbors that were really on the breadline. Mm. And his family were very generous, very devout, family rosary every night, led by his father. Um, the family were very generous as well. And it was a family project, for instance, that every Christmas they would make up little bags for the neighbors and for anyone that would show up at the door. Mm. Um, and all of them would pack these. There would be money in them. There would be food for the festivities, etc. And people used to line up outside their door on Christmas. But again, the family taught Willie that this was the, their gift to the Christ child. But Willie went that one step further. He, you know, regular boy, as a, a boy, he loved playing soldiers with his, especially with his brother Charlie, uh, who is next oldest. Willie was the youngest. But he began, and oh, love sport as well, and just a regular kid. But those sort of seeds planted by his family, you could see kind of the the beginning of the shoots of later on. For instance, he used to sometimes get up early and say, set the fire and things to make it easier for the servants of the house. A house like that would have had some servants. And one time a new servant came and he knew his grandmother was a, a little bit exacting and he knew that she wouldn't get it just right. So he got up and he set the fire for her and he did all the early morning tasks so that she could learn before she came under scrutiny. He also uh, would go to neighbors' houses. He'd kind of bring some of his dinner or food he'd squirreled from the kitchen. Um, sometimes he painted their house or did a bit of gardening for them. But he not only looked at that temporal good, but he was also the beginnings of a zeal for the faith. One of his neighbors that he used to help out was dying. 
And he hadn't been to confession for a very long time and was very anti, wouldn't go. Mm. And he's only a boy. <laughs> and yet, you know, a young teenager. And yet he begged him. And when he wouldn't, he stayed in the house and prayed for eight hours until this sure. neighbor said to get a priest. And he made his confession and he died. So all those little seeds were mm. there, you know. And when he was um, sort of a, a teenager, too, a tragedy struck the family in that his brother, an older brother, who was training as a priest for the Dublin Diocese, died 10 days before his ordination. 10 days. And in really the beginnings of a vocation were, you know, he's beginning to think about a vocation. He had two brothers, one training for the Jesuits and the one almost ordained. And he got this conviction that he should replace the brother as a diocesan priest. And you know, you're talking there, Kathy, about the, you know, what he learned as a child from his parents. And it reminds us so much of someone who was very inspired by him, Mother Teresa, because you'd hear stories about her mother and feeding the poor as well. And just you were talking about it, it really yeah. reminded me of that. And there's stories as well that Father Willie would shine the coins, you know, That's so that right. the poor people, when they were given... For the Christmas gifts. They'd be given, you know, coins that were, you know, tended to with love and coins that were shined. I heard stories as well when he was young that he went to the shop one day, his father gave him money for sweets and he saw a homeless person on the way and he gave the money to the homeless person even though he had this kind of struggle he reflected on, you know, but he still gave the money. So very ordinary boy in terms of loving to swim. I think he was into cricket as well. Yeah. Um, but an extraordinary boy in terms of the charity that he showed right. to others. I mean, as you're saying, they're getting up early in the morning so that things could be done before the servants would come in, always thinking of the other person. And that's our Christian vocation, isn't it? To love, to yeah. put the other person before myself. So he's an extraordinary example. And then, as you say, you know, he joined the Jesuits and he makes this consecration to Our Lady, doesn't he? And he asks her that, will she make him a, a Jesuit martyr? This is what he longed. He longed for martyrdom to be a Jesuit martyr. And it's interesting, he will become a martyr, a martyr of charity. And given, you know, this is the great virtue that he was showing, the king of all virtues, charity as, as Christians that we are to, we are called to do that. So he's a great model for us in that sense. But it's interesting as well that um, his ordination day, he was ordained at the same time as Blessed John Sullivan. Yes. Extraordinary. The two of them ordained, they were in the same class. And their, their novice master, I believe, was a lot of people were speaking about him opening his cause as well, because he was very, very well, saintly. Father, saints make saints. Yes, we see that time and time again, don't we? That yeah. You're inspired. But I think in, in all walks of life, you're, you, you know, you, you'll, great footballers will be inspired by other footballers, etc. So why should it be any different with, with saints? And when he was in the novitiate, there was a great tragedy, wasn't it? It was a, a big fire that broke out. And it's very interesting that he struggled with this enormously, so much so that he had a nervous breakdown. And the same... Father Willie, who would be, you know, risking his life every day to rescue soldiers in World War One, Under fire. Under fire, struggled so much. So you see the grace of God working yeah. in him so, so much. Um, but this really, really rattled him, this, uh, this fire that he experienced as a, as a novice and made even the, made some of the Jesuits maybe question, was he, you know, suitable 
for the priesthood. And he's not alone in, in you know, being questioned whether he was suitable to the priesthood. The curie of Ars, for instance, <laughs> you know, was actually asked to leave the, the seminary. And then when he was eventually ordained, was told he wasn't, you know, fit for, for to hear confessions. Mm-hmm. And he became the greatest confessor, maybe, you know, one, one of them certainly in the church, 16 hours a day, etc. We'll have to do a show on the, the curie yeah, of Ars. Yeah, one sure. of these days. <laughs> but Father Willie then, he goes on and uh, he becomes uh, a priest. So do you want to tell us a little bit about his priesthood? Well, uh, before you leave the Curie of Ars, when he was a young priest, or in seminary, I'm not exactly sure, he went on a pilgrimage to Ars. Okay. And he knew that, I mean, he just had this real affinity that this was the model priest. And the kind of penance and mortification of, of the Curie of Ars was very important to Father Willie Doyle. But, yeah, he was ordained, he was 34 by the time he was ordained, because his health was also bad, which is interesting. He had to go home for health reasons. And again, another reason they weren't so sure about ordaining him. And when you think of the conditions in World War I, that he survived. Mm. And yet this was a man with a serious stomach problem, you know, and a lot of pain. Remind you a little bit of Padre Pio. Yes, yeah. yeah. But he was ordained at 34. Now, the Jesuit training is very long, but his was four years longer again because of having to take breaks. Um, but the year after ordination in the Jesuits at his time was critical to what we know about Father Doyle. And that's because there's a year between, or you become ordained, and then there's one year of intense prayer, formation, and reflection. You would think after 12 years that was done, but no. They want you to spend that year, so you redo the Ignatian exercises in full, which takes, what, six weeks or whatever. And it was at that point that we, that he was taking notes. You know, he was probably told Jesuits were great, they were always trained to take a lot of notes, to give reports from wherever they were in the world, etc. But those are the notes that we have. And mm. um, give us an insight into a spiritual life. Oh, yes, because, you know, what you see of a saint, you know, is can be very impressive. But what's always far more impressive is where it came from. Mm. And so those notes which he had left with his brother, when, who was a Jesuit, when he went away to war, and left a note on the box, you know, burn, you know, destroy if I don't come back. He didn't want anyone to read them. And yet as a Jesuit, he had to keep them because they were going to be his record that he would grow from. Mm. But his brother didn't, and that's how we know. And those years, he spent the first year of formation, and there are, the spiritual notes really show his understanding of his vocation. And he understood, number one, that God was calling him to be a victim soul for the sins of priests and the conversion of sinners. Number two, that God was calling him to suffer. And he made a vow, or he talked about renewing his vow, to always take the hard choice. So it could be he walks into a room, there are two chairs. He's going to take the uncomfortable one without a back. 
and leave the one with a back, you know, the one like this that we're enjoying, right? Uh -huh. uh, you know, that he would always, and he, he constantly tells our Lord that he's sorry that he hasn't kept his resolutions, but with the, with the grace of priesthood and his trust in Our Lady, that he trusts he will be able to, you know. Um, and we also learn, the third thing we learn about him is his incredible deep love of the Sacred Heart and of Our Lady. Mm. You know, he talks about these times where he is literally overwhelmed by the, the love coming from the Sacred Heart and his love. And we also, in his writings, his incredible childlike trust of Our Lady. Now, on the outside, what people saw is that he was a dynamo. I mean, you know, in the nine years before he went to World War I, he did missions and retreats. He was extraordinarily successful. He actually writes that he had never asked somebody to go to confession. And he asked a lot of people. He had never, that didn't go. He was a confessor to people, especially young men discerning. He was, um, you know, a retreatant for, uh, or a retreat master for religious orders, parish missions in parishes. He also would get up early to meet the workers on their way into the factories and into the docks. He was very much felt he had to reach the working men. He would get up, he would go late at night to the, do to the docks when the sailors were coming in to kind of put them in mind of our Lord instead of the, you know, kind of illicit attractions around. He fundraised for the missions. Originally he had wanted to go to Africa. Mm -hmm. He started, he helped found the poor Clare nuns here in our mm -hmm. own town in, in Cork. And many, many other things. He was a chaplain to the Pioneers, mm -hmm. uh, which is the the one where you don't drink, but you do it in reparation to the Sacred Heart for abuse of drink. And, um, you know, so many, I mean, he was like a dynamo. He wrote pamphlets and two on vocations that were wildly successful. They just had to print them over and over again. I think over 100,000 copies were sold in his own yeah. time. Yeah, and, and other pamphlets and things like this. And all of this, in addition to actually being up at night, many times all night in mm -hmm. prayer, sometimes jumping into a cold lake. In the middle of the night. Because sinners needed penance. You know, this, this was, and he wouldn't have known that if his brother had done what he was asked. Because I think John Paul II had asked something similar, that his notes would be destroyed as well, and they said, no, we can't. <laughs> yeah, these yeah, are, yeah. These yeah. are gold, you know. We, yeah. But it's interesting, We I was kind of laughing to myself there as you're talking about him jumping in the lake because we were talking about that when we were doing Exodus last January <laughs> with the cold showers, 90 days of cold showers. And I was saying, lads, you have to hear about Father Willie Doyle and how he <laughs> get up in the middle of the night and jump into a lake. Not not because he was crazy or something, all for love, to, to make to make reparation, to do penance. As you're yeah, saying. he'd be overwhelmed by the burden of sin and the hurt to the Sacred Heart and he just couldn't think of anything more you know but people saw this kind of dynamo didn't they that he you know he's so much energy and zeal and his yeah. missions were apparently you know 
you never saw a parish mission like his and he found them very, very difficult. But here was a guy who wasn't eating a whole lot, as you said, wasn't sleeping, but just full of so much grace and, and zeal for souls that he was able to do these extraordinary things. And God was working through him in, a, in an incredible way. And of course, with the, the story as well I love about when he was in England giving a mission, I think it was, um, he would seek out the prostitutes and people who were on the margins, the fringes, people struggling, the vulnerable, the weak, as you're saying. Um, and one prostitute, he said something into her ear, wasn't it like, stop doing this. You, you, stop hurting stop Jesus. Stop hurting Jesus, yeah. And he made such a deep impression on her that when she was uh, in prison years later, up for murder, she asked to see Father Willie Doyle, especially. And he just made such a deep impression on people. It was extraordinary. So he feels the call then to uh, go to World War One, and I suppose as a chaplain, and he would become a captain as a chaplain, even though he wasn't interested in the, the title or anything, he would mix with the, just the lads, you know, the lower ranked. And, but I suppose the reason he, he felt called was one, potentially martyrdom, as we've heard, he, he, on the box he said, if I don't return, he knew this was, was a great possibility and turned out to be true but also just the, the pastoral need to help these men who were, a lot of them, going to die and what he could do. And he made a deep, deep impression on them as well. And running in the middle of, you know, with, with no gun or anything, running in, in the midst of fire to save souls and to anoint and kneeling down in the muck and fasting all day and having mass at the end of the day whenever they stopped and traveling. Yeah, because you would fast until communion, no matter... From midnight. Exactly. And so whenever they got the chance for the Mass l later that day, he would fast all day as a result of that. Um, the stories of him in the trenches, you know, he, he would write back to his father speaking about the, the fleas <laughs> and the rats. And the rats were constantly gnawing at him, going under his pillow. He jokes to his father, like, I hope I survive with the tip of my nose intact. Um, there's a story of his family sending over the Christmas pudding. And the rats talking into that and he just had a little bit left for himself i think but one of the most extraordinary stories i think for me kathy as a priest you know as a priest you want to lay down your life for others as all christians are called to do but as a priest for you for your sheep the good shepherd is the one who lays down his life for his sheep so when i when i hear this story i'm going to tell now it it never fails to inspire me because there was a doctor who got sick himself in world war ii you know the world war one the world war one sorry the um, the conditions there were atrocious and yeah. he needed somewhere dry to lie down for the night so he could get a good night's rest to help him to, to heal. But there was nowhere, everywhere was wet and everything. So Father Willie Doyle decides to lie down on the ground with his face in the mud for the night so that this doctor could lie on his back. Yeah. And the doctor lay on Father Willie Doyle's back for the night so he could get his sleep. I mean, extraordinary uh, charity there. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't even think of that. You know, yeah. never mind, do it. You're like the thought to enter your head. Um, so just an extraordinary, and you know, I think sometimes I saw a film before um, that Mel Gibson made um, on, uh, what was the name of it now? Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge, yeah. And just this man who saved 74 people's lives um, he didn't want to fight, he was a medic and he didn't carry a gun because of his religion. But this is, this is an unbelievable movie in the making, the life of Father Willie Doyle and the souls that he saved. And 
he eventually dies trying to save two wounded souls who weren't even Catholic. Yeah. And he went to, to take them and to help them and to pull them back and then the three of them were, were blown up. And that's how he died, a martyr of charity. Right. Just like Maximilian Kolbe giving his life yeah. for, for others. Well, you know, there's, it's interesting because we think in terms of the kind of penances he did and all, and the fact that he volunteered, you know, a call had been given by the British Army for chaplains, and they had specifically gone to the Jesuits. But he writes a letter to his sister, who's a nun, when he gets the news that he's being called up. Now, he had volunteered, but again, it was that thing of always taking the hard choice. Mm. And it's a real agony in the garden letter. It's fascinating because he tells his sister in strict confidence that he's very upset. I mean, the, he sees the souls being saved, you know, the confessions after decades and everything, and suddenly he's going to walk away from all that and probably die. And it isn't probably dying or anything, but it's that soul's you know, that he's much more confined thing than you know, the hundreds of people. And, but by the end of the letter, it's not my will, but thine be done. You know, and the letter is almost to let this cup hmm. be taken from me, but not, thy, not my will, but thine okay. be done. And it's very interesting because that's what he, he then embraces. Hmm this mission that is just everything, everybody's nightmare. And I think it's encouraging for people to hear that too, Cathy, because sometimes we think with, this, with the saints or saints in... Oh, that was easy. It was, they just said, you know, that will be done. But we even see that with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, you know, the struggle. struggle. It's very real. We're human beings. We have that struggle. But we can make a decision with our, our will above the, the struggle to, to do God's will out of love. And, and he certainly did that. And I think for me, another story told about Father Willie, and I think this is, first time I heard this, I thought it was the most unbelievable story. That, so he dies, obviously, as a, as a martyr of charity. And his father was eight, when his father was 89 years of age, a man broke into the father's house, a burglar. And the father woke up and uh, encountered the burglar, and the burglar forced him to open drawers in the house. And they were going through the drawers and he was looking for money or whatever he was looking for. And the next thing, the burglar sees a picture of Father Willie Doyle. <laughs> and he says to the father, how do you know him? And he says, oh, that's, that's my son. He said, really? He's <laughs> the burglar says, that man was extraordinary. He was a very, very holy priest. He <laughs> saved many souls. And he takes the picture, puts it in his pocket and leaves the house. <laughs> that's what he took so I think for me that says it all you know yeah. people we, we don't realize nowadays but there were many people who didn't know about Father Willie Doyle um, yeah. when he was killed in 1917 um, and he continues to inspire his vocations booklet continue to inspire vocations um, saints of our day as I said have been inspired and Father Willie's inspiration goes beyond Ireland as I said at the beginning of the show 6,000, shortly after his death, I think within five or 10 years, there were 6,000 claims that people had received miraculous um, yeah. cures, etc., through the intercession of Father and Willie. Graces. And 2,000 of those were from 
United States. There was 60 or something from India and other countries around the world. It truly is extraordinary. So uh, with the help of God, we will see in our own lifetime the uh, beatification and canonization of Father Willie. And there's loads of websites that people can access to the story mm. of, of Father Willie. But there's certainly something happening around him. We're seeing more and more people speaking about his well, And it's important life. to remember that when we're praying, we should pray to Father Willie Doyle for priests, you know, and for vocations. For everything else, but priests and vocations, yeah, especially. Yeah. These were especially close to his heart and yeah. the heart of the Sacred Heart. Yeah, he felt especially called to make reparation for the for the sins of priests. So, so dear friends, that's Father Willie Doyle. We were really excited about making uh, this episode because he's someone who never fails to inspire us. And it's just wonderful speaking about him and learning more about him. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to click on the like button. It'll help us to, to reach more people and get the word out and tell more people about Father Willie Doyle, for instance. And also click on the subscribe button and subscribe to Paving the Way Home. So until next time, God bless.